You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Welcome everyone to Empower Me with Aerie's show. I am Erica Holmes. I go by Queen Aerie because there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. Like the Bible talks about, we are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And my pastor says this, so I say it often. Once we know our identity, we then therefore know our authority. I am so excited you guys decided to join us today. We're going to be talking about pivoting. I pray this message blesses you powerfully. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to come before your people to begin to encourage them and release the message that you put on the inside of me. I ask you that it gives them life, that it refreshes them, that it rejuvenates them, that they are encouraged like never before and that they literally leave better than they came in. Use me for your name's sake. In Jesus name. Amen. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Super excited that you guys are supporting me, that you're here with me. And I want you guys to share this message if it encourages you. I believe that it will share with your friends, your family, on your social media pages. Because the word that God is releasing, I know that it will shift change and um, and encourage you like never before in this time, hour, and season. And so, again, we're going to be talking about pivoting. And so, being able to pivot is imperative. Pivoting allows... Pivoting literally allows you to move as God moves so that you can stay on the course that he has called you to be on. It allows you to stay in position and posture. You may be asking exactly what does pivot mean? And so this is so powerful. You know, um, Holy Spirit put this in my spirit. And and I was so encouraged when I I seen the word and then I uh, looked up a video and I was just you know, super encouraged after I watched the video because it was confirmation as to what God was saying. But let's talk about it. According to dictionary.com, pivot means, well, in this context, it is a verb. It means to turn on. It says, ask on a pivot. And I want to use this example. There's this example as in basketball to keep one foot in place while holding on to the ball and moving the other foot one step in any direction. My God. And another definition, it's a verb. Something that you do is to modify. It says a plan, a policy, an opinion, a product, etc., while retaining some continuity with its previous version. Listen, I believe that God is saying that it is time to pivot. See, you may have done everything that you've known to do, but in order to get to this next place that God is saying he wants you to get at, guess what? You have to pivot. There may be pressure on every side and there may be a sudden request for change and or a sudden request for change in position or change in an environment that requires you to pivot. You must keep doing what you know to do by keeping God first if a transition is required to get you to that next place. See, it comes with it comes with obeying quickly. Then you will eventually see the results and experience exactly what God wants you to have. And so I'm going to talk about the actual 
um, basketball analogy or how it works a little bit later. But this, my gosh, this was so good. And I know this is going to bless you. But just like David in the Bible, he had to learn how to pivot when he got the news while shepherding that he was needed to take food to the battlegrounds. He had already been uh, helping uh, King Saul, you know, playing the heart when he had the distressing spirit, but he had to learn how to pivot. And so um, just like Moses had to pivot after he murdered the Egyptian, then again, after he was established with his family, he had to pivot in order to get to be in a place where God was calling him to be elevated. See, Joseph also had to pivot when he went through his transition place from pit to palace. And so you guys, we're going to read more about two of them today, two of those examples, because I know that it's going to really give you the insight and more revelation on what pivoting means. So pivoting does not mean that you're turning away from God, but it means that you have that foot down, like in basketball, that that foot is founded. It is grounded on God and you are literally able to adjust and to move in the different directions that God is leading you to go. I want to say this before I read some scriptures to you all. I believe that there are many of you out there that may have felt like you've hit some type of brick wall, like something is ended and you're ready for something else to begin. And I'm here this day to encourage you to let you know that, again, it's time to pivot. Pivot is going to bring you to that next place. This means that do not give up. I know at times you may feel like, you know, well, well, why should I continue on? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And you may feel like not even going on to that next hour, but keep moving forward. Do not give up on God because something amazing is ahead. Keep that foot founded on God by remaining established and what he's already told you and what he has said for your life. Listen, again, pivoting will elevate you. It will it, pivoting will literally elevate you. And so the, the business that you may have established even last year or the year before, it may have failed. But God is saying pivot because he is not done with you yet. There may have been some closure, some unexpected things that's happened, especially last year. But I'm telling you guys, God is saying pivot because I'm going to blow your mind with this next thing that I'm going to do for your life. That relationship that you just knew God told you to get in, you, you prayed, you fasted, he said, that was the one for you. And then all of a sudden, everything turned south. Listen, that does not mean give up. Don't tuck your tail and run, but pivot because God could be telling you it is time for you to learn how to war within the spiritual realm. God can be saying, I am teaching you how to fight right, which is in the spiritual realm. I'm teaching you how to keep what it is that I have released to you. Woo, Jesus. God is saying, I'm going to repeat that. God is saying, I'm teaching you how to keep what I have released to you. Too many of us and, and myself included at times this has happened to me. You know, um, I have 
allowed certain things to to slip out of my hands because I was discouraged or I felt a little pressure, you know, here or there. And too many times we do that. And it's not that God is not answering prayers, but sometimes we let it go instead of pivoting and holding on to what he told us so that we can catch that momentum to keep moving forward. Because me, we probably didn't understand what was going on in that season or that hour. We cannot let go of the of the goal, let go of the ball, let go of the vision that God has planned for you. What you have to understand is that the enemy cannot have what God has for your life, period. So don't give it away. Or if you allowed it to slip out of your hand, don't allow him to keep it. He must repay. You have to understand this. And so I'm just speaking right now that those unprofitable cycles that you have gone through in your life, that they are broken right now in the name of Jesus, that the spirit of ignorance is being broken right now in the name of Jesus, because the Bible says in Hosea four and six, part of that scripture, it literally says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That means a lack of knowing him. See, we have to know God and what he says in order to be able to follow the path that God is telling us to, to see the manifestations that he is telling us that we can have for our lives. Listen, it is God do not want us to miss what, what he has for us in this season. And so um, I want to read this, you guys, because we talked about a lot of times we have to, God wants to uh, teach us to war. He wants to teach us to, to gain that momentum, that stamina, so that we could fight within the spiritual realm. And as Ephesians six twelve it mentions, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Again, this is, I'm saying this to reiterate to you that a lot of what we have been, um, a lot of what we have had to fight against or stand against is spiritual. It is not necessarily the person, but it is the person that is being used. And so we have to understand that things are not always how or what they seem on the outside. This is why we have to tune in and to tap in to God, to what he is saying and say, okay, God, how do you want me to move. I understand that it seems like that I failed. I understand that it seems like that I can't move forward and that the wall is here. But God, I'm asking you to allow me to see beyond what I can see, because I know that you are ultimately going to get the glory out of this and I shall see the victory. Listen, God is saying, I'm not done. Keep your ears and your eyes open. Follow his plan adjust and modify just like dictionary.com mentioned part of the definition of pivot is to adjust and to modify and then again you're going to see the victory adjust then you will see the victory See, we must know, again, that God is going to ultimately get the glory in our stories, in our processes. Whatever we face, we have to know that literally there's going to be some glory that comes out of it. You know why? Because God is with you. He is in you. It will eventually make sense. But in the meantime, you already know what I'm about to say. 
pivot. Do not be stagnant, but pivot. When you are stagnant, you are staying still. And, and you're, you're, uh, when you're stagnant, it is because of fear. You know, it is because you're unsure, you're confused. But when you pivot, you have that foot down and you're ready to move this way and you're ready to move that way because you're, you're checking the scene, you're checking the environment so that you literally can see the other opportunities that God has for your life. Where God leads you, it's time to go. Do what God prompts you to do. And so again, when I seen the word pivot, I said, huh, I know this word from basketball. You know, I, I like sports. Football is my favorite sport, but however, basketball, you know, for this example, I, I kept seeing basketball in the stance of pivoting. And so um, a guy was showing me how pivoting, again, it gives you clarity. It allows you, get this, to recognize that you're not alone. If you think about within basketball, within the game, and if a player feels like he has so much pressure coming behind him and around him and he can't see anything, it may feel like he's by himself. But when he begins to pivot, he can see that his other teammates are there with him. He can see that there are forces that are for him and is not just against him. Pivot will allow you to understand again that God is not finished with you yet. I'm going to keep saying that sentence throughout this message because I want you to know that God is not finished with you yet. Again, let your foot be established and keep Matthew 633 in mind. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his ways of doing things. Then all things shall be added to you. Again, where God goes first, you have to allow him to stay first in your life, be the center, center of it, then proceed as he leads. This way you will keep what God has for your life. And so I want to just declare that you will reach beyond expectations and you will go further than anyone else have within your family line. I declare and I decree that because you're not going to give up. You're going to keep going. And so... Um, I, I within this time, as I mentioned right at the beginning of this message, I said that I, I, I looked at the pivoting stance again. I went on YouTube and I, and I encourage you guys after this message, not now, but after this message, go on YouTube and look up basketball stance pivot, because I believe God is even going to give you further revelation of this. But as I was looking at the video, I was listening to the coach and he began to explain all the different reasons as to why you would pivot. And and, um, and, and the part that really stuck out to me, and I've said it before, but I'm going to reiterate this. He said you pivot. He said the majority, the, the, the biggest reason as to why you pivot is when you are under pressure. When you are under pressure. Listen. Pivoting, again, is saying I know that there is more to life. It's saying I know what God told me is true. It's saying, I know that God is faithful. It is literally declaring and saying, I will live to see the end results of what God has promised. Pivoting is saying, I am going to tie up my bootstraps, even though I may be disappointed in the moment or I was disappointed in last season because of where I was. I am ready to stand on truth and be armored up because Satan cannot keep what is mine. 
line. You have to get that boldness and that courage on the inside of you guys. Again, declare that Satan will not be able to keep what is yours because you are being rejuvenated. Your joy is being restored. Joy is coming in the morning. And I'm going to say right now is your morning time. The spirit of sabotage will no longer be in your life, but it is broken. And I just speak right now that you will have clarity as to what has been trying to come into your life to bring um, constant delays and certain patterns or delay. I believe that you are going to be able to, to tear this thing down. You are going to be able to have a greater level of victory. You are going to be able to overcome this thing. You are going to be able to deal with this thing. You will see the victory. I literally, when I was doing this message and, and God was talking to me about pivoting, I, I literally seen the word freedom come before my eyes because there is my God. There is such another level of freedom when you break through where you've been. My God, my God, glory to glory to God. There is such another level of freedom when you break through where you've been because you literally muster up and get more faith in God. And you say, God, I'm going to get to give you the glory because guess what? You brought me past where I've been. So I know that you're real. I know that you're going to bring me to that next place. And so freedom is what you're going to begin to experience because again, many of us, including myself, we are breaking generational things. We are breaking generational curses. Again, Jesus already dealt with those things because he has freed us, but we have to walk it out. Generational uh, curses are broken and freedom is here because you know why it's here? Because you're choosing to pivot. You are choosing to pivot and change those things within your heart and within your mind. You are choosing to do something different instead of having the same story you are choosing in life. My God, I'm telling you, everything is a choice. Again, just like in basketball, you have to pivot to protect what you're holding. You have to pivot to protect your vision. You have to pivot to protect your goal. You have to pivot to protect the anointing, the purpose, your family. You have to pivot to protect your ministry. You literally have to pivot to protect your mental state, your body's health, and whatever that ball, that basketball, whatever that can be translated to, you have to learn to pivot to be able to hold on to it by any means necessary. It is time to pivot, you guys. And so... I still want to share these two examples within the Bible. I had to release that first because that is what God gave me. But I want you guys to see there's two different examples within the Bible. One, we're going to talk about Moses, the other about Joseph. But I wanted you, I wanted to read this one about Moses because, you know, we understand that he murdered someone, but we don't talk about the transition or the pivot or literally how that all worked together for his good. And so in Exodus 2, um, chapter 2, verses, 11 through 25 and we may skip around here but I want to give you guys those scriptures it starts and it says now it came to pass in those days and it says that when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and he looked at their burden and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his brethren so he looked this way and then he looked that way and then he saw no one and he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand and when he went out a second day behold Two Hebrew men were fighting and he said to one, 
who did the wrong? Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you prince or judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat by the well. Listen, that is a first pivot. Pivot as far as being an example. Um, I'm going to explain more at the end, but I want you guys to keep that portion of the scripture in mind. And so uh, verse 16, it says, uh, we have to also understand while we pivot, God will definitely protect and cover us just like he did Moses. Verse 16 says, now the priests of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to the water. Uh, they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and he helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father with their father, he said, how is it that you've come so soon today? And he said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hands of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us to water the flock. So he said to his daughters, where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man. And he gave Zipporah or Zipporah, his uh, daughter to Moses. And she bore him a son and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Now it happened in the process of the time that the king of Egypt had died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out in their name. They cried, they cried, their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard the groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. You see how important it was for Moses to pivot and you see what doors opened up for him. We're going to talk about his seventh, second pivot, his second transition. And so in Exodus 3, 1 through 10, it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take off your sandals. Take your feet off your sandals for this place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And it says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who were in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians to bring them up from the land to a good land, a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Pezzarites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel have come to me, and I have seen the oppression in which the Egyptians oppressed them come now therefore i will send you to pharaoh you may bring my people 
to the, uh, you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. My gosh, you see what pivoting allowed him to do? And then this one uh, verse, uh, Exodus Exodus 4.18, it says, So Moses went and returned. This is after God gave him those instructions. This is when he had to pivot for the second time. So Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and he said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in e- Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. You guys listen, know that if Moses did not leave the area when he did, when he did, Pharaoh would have killed him. And guess what? His purpose would have, would have been gone and his ministry in that very body that was used to help the children of Israel out of bondage may have never happened, or it could have been delayed if he was killed because he was standing up for his people. See, even though Moses was given away by his mother she had to or he would have been killed but she did help nurse him however he was raised by pharaoh's daughter i'm saying this for a reason he even though he was raised by pharaoh's daughter he was under those traditions he never lost who he was so um so when he's seen his people being abused or misused crying out he chose to act i believe him being raised by pharaoh's family prepare him to be able to go back to pharaoh's house in due time to begin to relay the messages that God eventually was going to give him so that the children of Israel would have been set free. He had, I believe Moses had to learn, um, you know, he had to learn and he was reared up because he had to know the order of the, of the, of the kingdom, the order of Pharaoh's house in order to approach them in order to know the route to come before the king to be a listen to. Yes. God gave him instructions, but guess what? Moses knew he knew the tradition. He knew what he had to do. And so he knew how to present himself of course Aaron spoke but he knew how to present himself before Pharaoh and so that is critical um, those two pivoting situations that Moses had to do because you see what happened in his life and so I'm just going to briefly talk about David and we're going to wrap this up there's so much more but we're going to wrap this up and so we understand that David had to pivot and I'm going to focus on this part so David you know was uh, shepherding you know the sheep he was tending the sheep and then his father asked him to bring lunch to his brothers and guess what he did not ask a whole bunch of questions he did not say well you see what I'm doing I'm busy he answered yes and guess what that next morning he found somebody to tend the sheep and he went and guess what because he chose to pivot because he chose to turn in a different direction and, and follow the guidance or the obedience of what his father said and really God was speaking through his father, he began to defeat the giant and began to um, re- receive the benefits of that very thing. You guys, pivoting is imperative and it literally allows us to receive the manifestation of what God had for our lives. I really wanted to highlight that thing within David's story because David David was humble. David literally had a spirit of humility. He was not one that was, um, you know, before he was, we, we know Psalms is full of him crying out, but at the end he would always worship and pray, but he was not one to say, well, why are you asking me to do this? Well, why are you asking me to do that? And I believe if we have that same perspective in life, if we literally have that same relationship, a, a solid relationship with God to say, even though I may not understand while suddenly, you know, I was doing this type of position, but suddenly you're telling me to pivot and go that way. Even though I don't understand, I'm going to 
trust you because I know that you have my interest at my best interest at heart. I know that something greater is going to come out of this. So I'm going to obey. Literally, your obedience can lead you to the greatest manifestation that you have ever encountered, ever received, ever thought of because God is in the business of doing beyond expectation. Ephesians 3.20, he would do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. So do not be afraid to pivot. I gave you those um, those examples because God is speaking and he desires us for, for us to leave any excuses behind. And even if you feel like, well, I've tried it again. I've, I've tried that before. Give God another try because he's not going to fail you. God can do anything in this life except fail. You guys, I pray that this message was powerfully, it powerfully impacted your life. I just declare and decree that you're going to have so much courage to go forth. You are literally going to, uh, to break generational curses. You are going to receive manifestations that you literally only dreamt of. I believe that this new season is going to blow your mind. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember to visit me on my website and always support HSBN. Remember to renew your mind. It is the gold mine. Love you. The preceding program was brought to you by the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, HSBN Television. Empower me with Aerie.